You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Liverpool hold off Everton in a feisty Mer Merseyside derby to keep pace with Manchester City. Pep's men put on a show at the Etihad thanks to four goals from Gabriel Jesus versus Watford. Arsenal top Manchester United 3-1, but were helped by a missed penalty by Bruno Fernandes. Burnley move out of the relegation zone after back-to-back -back victories. And Chelsea snatch three points from West Ham thanks to Christian Pulisic's late winner. All that and more coming right up. Well, my friend, just before we get going on the football action, just a note to our listeners and watchers to make NBC Sports predictor part of your match week routine. Play Premier League Pick'em for free for your chance at the $50,000 jackpot. Predict the outcomes of Premier League matches correctly and the jackpot is simply yours. Score big when you download the NBC Sports Predictor app today. Right, my friend, um, I think we have to start in what was it, an eventful drama-packed another week of Premier League football and storylines. Probably the most high-profile game was the Merseyside derby. Liverpool v Everton at very different ends of the table, going for very different uh, finishes to the season. Um, this game made even more important the point that Burnley got a win against Wolves and so plunged Everton into the bottom three ahead of the game, Rob. Yeah. And you almost felt like Everton needed to get something from the match. So what was your overview of the game? Um, how much credit can you give Everton for making it difficult and making it a bit of an ugly game at times to, to their benefit? And how much credit do you give Liverpool for grinding away maybe to, to a victory? Well, I think first off with Everton, Rob, I think it was, um, you know, of all the types, types of performances, the kind of rhythm of the game and how it went, I thought it was pretty mm. much close to what you might expect, actually. And I thought it was pretty good from Everton. A really good shape. It was four at the back, five across midfield, one player with Charleston up front. Very, very deep. They did a pretty good job of closing the ball down, making, making themselves very difficult to, to play through. Um, they slowed it down when they could with the goalkeeper, particularly Jordan Pickford, taking his time with the ball. Um, <laughs> there was a few instances where there was a few flashpoints, a little bit of aggression, a little bit of diving and, it, and um, embellishing situations as well. But I think Frank Lampard set the team up correctly. I thought first half they frustrated Liverpool um, and it was a little ugly in moments, which I think, again, was probably the right thing to do, Rob, given, given where we are with these two mm. teams and the separation of the amount of points that's between them. You know, I thought the manager went about it the right way um, to frustrate Liverpool. Now, second half, Rob, and, you know, we've seen this many, many times with Jurgen Klopp, and that's, this is why he's, you know, the best or one of the very best uh, in the world right now in terms of coaching. He always gets a response in terms of, 
performance kind of tempo, something a little different tactically. Um, and they were better second half, Rob. More energy, trying to get behind Everton a little bit more, more aggressive, more controlling. And, you know, the substitutes again. I remember, you know, when he was making the subs, I said to Rebecca, Rob, I said, so this is it. This is, this is key moment in the game, in the title race. It just is key. Who's you bring off? Who's you bring on? And again, like we've seen many times before, Rob, the subs made the difference. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was interesting, I, I, as I was watching the game, I, I was picking up a bit on, on social media and, and seeing what people were saying, and it was almost like people, some, somebody suggesting that, that uh, Frank stole a page out of the Jose Mourinho playbook in terms of how he set his Everton up. Said it was a bit like how Chelsea came to Liverpool m- many years ago and set up and made it difficult. You know, ugly is beautiful on those kind of days for, for, for Everton. Um, it was bitty. There was little flash points. There was Richarlison going down every time like he looked like he was needed to go to ER when he, he got the slightest knocks. It, was, it broke the rhythm. And Everton did what they had to do. Um, I thought there was a spirit about them. I thought there was a threat through Anthony Gordon, Rob, yes. that was, it was a danger to Liverpool. And I want to point to a possible penalty, by the way. Um, I thought John Matic might have got away with one slightly. I thought there was a little bit of a push in the back of Anthony Gordon. Now, I know Gordon had gone down early and got booked, but I'll tell you, on another day, that could easily be given to, for a penalty kick for, for Everton. So, really well set up, difficult to play through, ugly game, slowing it down, almost frustrating Liverpool. And it was one of those, Rob, where the fans were... A little quieter than, than possibly we, we thought, because I think that everybody knows what, what's at stake and how one slip could, you know, cost the other title this year in terms of games. Mm. Um, and, you, and, and you're right, it took till the 60th minute, till Divock Rigi comes onto the football pitch and helps build up a, a something with Salah and gets the goal and changes the mood in, 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 the, um, in, in the stadium that we saw Liverpool almost free themselves up after that, that, those subs, and we started to see more of the Liverpool we thought we would have thought seen from the start. And I just thought it also, Rob, speaks to, and I know this was a derby, and I know that they're having a fight for the lives, but Liverpool are going to have uh, are going to have some of these moments in the five games left. They're going to have a couple of difficult times where they're going to have to come through. It won't be as easy as people think. I, I was just looking at the games that they've got to play. Um, you know, there's still Newcastle, Spurs... Villa, Southampton and Wolves. Between those five sides, Rob, these teams who can make it difficult, can have possession, can play on a bit of a counter, can, can hurt you in different ways. And, and Liverpool are going to have to keep their nerve and use the squad and rotate and make the changes and, and come up with big moments when they need to if they're going to push City all the way. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, yeah, Man City will have those moments as well. And this is, this is, why, this is when we get the yeah, iconic absolutely. moments. This is when we get the big moments mm. that everybody remembers. Mm. Of course, the Allison header yeah. from, from a little while ago and, and the Vincent Company striking to the top corner in certain games leading up to the final day. Yeah. That's the moments that we're all looking out for, Rob. Mm. And I don't know whether we, we got anyone in this particular game. Liverpool found a way with the subs. Uh, Mo Salah's brilliant cross from a difficult angle. You know, on, yeah. on, the, on our show, Rob, on the broadcast, um, you know, Seamus Coleman just got tempted to come across on Jota and left Andy Robertson yeah. at the back post for that first yeah. key, key moment, key goal in the game, which then opens up everything. Um, just to go back on Anthony Gordon, you know, you know what it's like, Rob, in the studio. You know, we put together, when the stories kind of evolve in the game, 
you know, we speak to tape room and we try and get some clips of things that are important yeah. and people, players have done well. And Anthony Gordon, there was a pretty nice mm. package getting made um, of yeah. his, just his tour. I mean, Alex, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I mean, he gave him a very, very hard time. Of course, and stories change time. and, mm. and the, the, the narrative of the game kind of changed after that. But it certainly made yeah. sure we mentioned him afterwards. It's, it's certainly mentioned here now because he was quick. You know, you've got to say of all the players out yeah. there, he probably looked the most impressive, Rob, in open play, getting the ball out. So if he, Correct. I'm sure he's going to play all the game, remaining games for Everton. I'm sure Everton are going to fight. I, you know, I'm not worried about that with Everton. Uh, you know, just knowing the club, I mean, they are going to fight. It's whether they can stop making yeah, mistakes. Moment, yeah, yeah and, 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 and mm. they've got winnable games, Rob. We just, if you go through them, there, there are some games there that are winnable. I know Chelsea, Chelsea isn't Chelsea, it? Chelsea, Leicester, Chelsea, Leicester, Watford, Brentford, Palace, Arsenal. Right. So there's three games in there for me. Watford, Brentford and Palace, mate. There's nine, there'll be nine possible points available there. Me and Tim, Rob, in the uh, make-up room, as we, you know, we, we gather in the make-up room first thing in the morning, we chat with Rebecca and we go over things for the show and all that. Yeah. We kind of quickly went through the fixtures of both Burnley and Everton. And we're like, yeah, point there. All right, we'll give them three points there. At the end mm. of that exercise, I think we had them both on 37 points, tied points. And, of course, the goals <laughs> are so tight in terms of goal difference. So, mm. you know, I mean, we're like, wow, we have them with, with the expectations and the results I think we had Burnley winning in this yeah. this weekend. But anyway, it's going to be super, super tight. And Everton, you know, they're going to oh, fight all the way. Tight. It's still unthinkable, Rob, isn't it? It's still unthinkable. Mm -hmm. The Everton Football Club, <sighs> where they finished last year, and the amount of money. Did you see that graphic yeah. that we won, Rob, with the... With the they spent more money and got more over $25 million. Yeah. Oh, the spending, yeah. net spend over Liverpool was it's miles incredible. more over the last six years. Incredible what they've done and where incredible. they are. Yeah. Hmm. Absolutely, um, but in the end, Liverpool got it done, mate. It, it was a it was a bit of a grind. It, it wasn't probably as they would have expected. It wasn't the flowing football, but they did get it done. Um, and you, we turn our attention. I've been honed in a little bit on, on Everton and what they're going to need to do because what a result it was for Burnley. Rob, one 0 winners against Wolves. Uh, this Burnley team under new management, uh, caretaker manager Mike Jackson's come in and the under twenty three coach. Uh, and he's been put in charge. Uh, he's had three games. He's had a draw in his first game. He's had back-to-back -back wins in his next two. He's got seven points from nine, unbeaten so far. And given Burnley more hope, Rob, than I think even they would have believed three weeks ago. Well, and, and maybe speaks to what was going on at the football club. This isn't a new manager bounce. This is mm. a this is a a manager exit bounce. Now, again, the hardest thing, I've said this a few times, for us here in the US is to try and get a sense of yeah. the dressing room and the club and the atmosphere within it and within mm -hmm. the camp and within the dressing room. And um, we had heard kind of reports that the, that the players kind of broadly supported the move to take out Sean Dyche, where it seems like everybody else thinking, wow, what, what are you doing, given this guy's experience and mm -hmm. his, his recent history with the team? But my goodness, I mean, seven points in three games, I don't know. I mean, mm. it, it, you said it last game, the last weekend, Rob, where there's a, free, a bit more of a freedom about their play. They're on a run. They're on a tear. Yeah. Um, and this was one that I did think was winnable, even though when I looked at the game, because there's all games going on at the same time, Wolves looked pretty strong in the first 10, 15 yeah. minutes. Uh, Matty Vidra, I mean, to score that goal, and a well-crafted goal, by the way, from all concerned with Burnley's attacking yeah. play. yeah. 
1-0, three points, out of the relegation zone before the Merseyside derby. Wow, they, they have got now, which is incredible, they've got a two-point gap over Everton, but Everton, mm. I believe, have an extra game to play, um, which I think might be Crystal Palace or it might be Wolves. I'm not sure, actually, about that. But, mm. no, what, what, a, what a story, Rob, this, this developing at Burnley. It's, I, I wanted, it's interesting because, um, you know, Conor Roberts was brought into team last, last week. He scores the first goal for them. Matavidra starts today. He scores the goal. You know, we've got to give credit to, to, to Mike Jackson. And, and I am going to just go on to him uh, in a minute, Rob, because I think he, he deserves special credit in what's been a really difficult situation for him to take over. Not least, Rob, because I think we're all in this, and you know, we're, you know, the top of my tongue-in-cheek in, in, in Dutch we love and, you know, I've, I've loved what he's done in the processes and the way he believes in, in, in what he's done. And because I think universally people think he's, he's, a, good, he's a good egg, and he? He's yeah. one of, of your own. He's, there's something normal and real about him. But it, 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 it makes it slightly more difficult to be critical, I think, of, of this situation. But the, the, the honest factor is, Rob, this team looks better now and they've more looked like, and then we're talking about three games, so we, we know that that's, there's still more to go. But something's changed at the football club that wasn't there when Sean Dyche was there. And, and, it, and it makes it more difficult because Sean Dyche is a great lad. We have a lot of respect for him, we have a lot of respect for the work that he's done and what he's done at this football club. But if, if somewhere in that dressing room the, the group of players weren't totally behind what he was doing, then. It would it would seem that it was the right decision to make, to give the to give the, the club a better chance of staying in the league. As, as difficult as that sounds to say. Well, and you know, listen, Rob. I think in a few weeks, when we reflect on this season and the run-in, and we know what's going on with relegated mm. teams, one club made a great decision, and one club made a terrible decision. And Alan Pace, the owner or majority yeah. owner at Burnley Football Club yeah. it must have been an incredibly incredibly difficult decision he made that I, I, you know I'm not going to shy away from the fact I couldn't believe that he made it but my goodness if that comes yeah. off and Burnley continue with this form and stay in the division then well done well done for intervening in a, in a club and a, in a tight dressing room that you would think mm. would be lock solid or rock mm. solid and to make that call would be amazing and then it then throws to yeah. Everton. If it is Everton, by the way, because you can talk about Leeds being in this as well, then the decision to bring yeah. in Frank Lampard will be seen as a terrible one because that means that their form didn't pick up mm. enough to stay in the division. And there was a long time for Frank Lampard to find a way to get enough results to clear of it. So those decisions, of course, are, are what these yeah. clubs have to do. I think history says that for the most part in recent years, Everton haven't made a lot of good decisions in terms of recruitment, manager hires. They've taken risks with that. Um, but again, let's wait. I mean, we'll, we'll see whose decision was correct mm. at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And just on that point, my underappreciated performer of the week, I felt it had to go to Mike Jackson, oh. the caretaker manager of Burnley, who's come into the... And then Sean Dyche, we've always trusted... Oh. Boy, Sean, we're still trusting in you, my friend. Oh, Wherever man. you are on your holidays and watching things going on from afar. Didn't you give but it Dyche? Didn't, didn't, didn't you give it Sean Dyche last week? Or the week before or something? I gave, I gave it Dyche. But, but I called him and said, Sean, pass it back over. I'm giving it to Mike now. Sorry. You, you, were, you, were, yesterday's no, you were yesterday's noise. No, but I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to um, 
make a mark to to a guy who's difficult situation. Talked about the universal kind of love that Sean Dyche has at the football club. Certain way of playing. Not many people I heard at all saying they think it's a right, it's a good uh. decision or the right decision. So you're working under those circumstances. You've freed up the players a little bit, which is isn't easy, Rob, when you're down there and you're considering, you know, defeat after defeat after defeat. It frees them up. They look more attacking. There's more bodies in, in the box. It looks like the players are all buying into it. And although the, the owner was looking to bring a manager in, right now, Mike Jackson has, has, has saved him a huge problem of having to get a guy for seven games to, to do a deal at Burnley. It looks like Mike Jackson is the guy to do this job or not, or not as the case may be. Um, and just to come in and take take this, those 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 shoes of Sean Dykes, they're very, very sh- big shoes to fill. I'm sure he's Sean. For this week, I'm taking it off here. Mike Jackson, my underappreciated performer of the week. Absolutely right, Rob. And, and talk about underappreciated. I mean, under the nose all the time. I mean, you know, who knows what could have happened mm. if they would have gone with this a little bit earlier on, but underappreciated because nobody knew who he was, Rob, and, and knew that he was going to have this no. kind of impact. And it's not just him. It's Paul Jenkins, a, a coach that... Uh, I knew Jenks yeah. at Middlesbrough as a youth team coach. He's involved with the first team as well. And Ben Mee. It's kind of weird, Rob, mm. seeing Ben Mee, ben Mee yeah. in a tracksuit mm. on the bench, <laughs> yeah. writing little notes down like a proper little manager and getting up and, mm. and, and doing all the waving around on the sidelines. Like, yeah. well, 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 you're a player. But, it, it, but I get, of course, he's the captain. <laughs> he's part of this yeah. management team. And yeah, part all of, hands on deck. Uh, yeah. And, and some of the scenes out at the, the end, Rob, with the, the coaches embracing each other. And, mm. you know, it, uh, there's still work to do, of course. But. Uh, Mike Jackson, wow, Correct. what a what a way to mm. to turn this club around on the short term. So well done, Burnley. Good shout, Rob, for underappreciated. Um, yeah. And we'll see that story, mm. of course, in, in terms of relegation, is going to is going to continue to uh, continue to evolve. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right. Okay. Manchester City, Robbie Earl. Of course, going for the title. One point ahead of Liverpool. Mm. Um, They hosted Watford at home. 5-1 was the result. Um, You know, once once the goal starts, a very early fourth minute, Gabriel Jesus, Rob, then you you kind of know that City are going to cruise to a few more goals. Hassan Kamara, the left back, come through and scored a really good goal. Um, for Watford a little later, but it was it was again one of those of, for Man City, and I don't know. It just seems to me that there's more games that Man City are really like win games quite easily, cruising. We know they got a massive game, uh, the Champions League semi final on Tuesday against Real Madrid, um, but still yeah. put a strong team out and still found a way to win. Even though there were, there were six changes, Rob, that you might expect from the Premier League for this game, um, but I'm going to jump straight to my underappreciated performer. It's an easy one. This match week's an easy, easy, mm-hmm. underappreciated performer. And it's Gabriel Jesus, the most underappreciated player at Man City. A player that, that, for the most part, when you ask a lot of him, you know, can play in different spots. He started as a number nine. We saw him firsthand at the Etihad Stadium against Liverpool, where he scored a goal from the right-hand side. Four goals in this 5-1 performance. Um, and somebody that, that it's... You know, it's looking likely that Erlen Haaland is coming to Manchester City or a strong possibility. Mm. Gabriel Jesus will be behind somebody else in terms of an attacking player. 
Um, but I wanted to, to shout out Gabriel Jesus, you know, a, a steady performer that in a different club, Rob, could be a, could be a regular scorer. Yeah. And, and rumour has it, so I'll, I'll get your take on this, that there's some interest yeah. from Arsenal to get Gabriel Jesus to their football yeah, club. They need a striker. Gabriel Jesus, of course, started mm-hmm. out and can play as a wide player, but of course he can play as a number nine as a striker. Um, what do you think to Gabriel Jesus' performance, Rob? And what do you think about the possibility of him going to Arsenal? I thought his performance was outstanding. Um, I thought he shows one of the traits of a Pep's team. His ability to win the ball back, Rob, was yeah. just as important as his goals. Mm. Um, played a great assist for the Rodri uh, goal as well. Um, he's a team player. Plays wherever you want him over that front line. Um, doesn't look like he complains. Is playing with a little bit more of a smile on the face, like they've seen him doing a few interviews. Obviously, his English is getting better, so he's more confident. I think he'd be a brilliant little pickup for Arsenal. Arteta knows him. Rob works with him yeah. at Man City. Yeah. Well, now I'll get the best of him in that young team with with that quality around them. He, he could be a bit of a leader in the right way with all those young players. Good fit. Absolutely love it to death. Yeah. Um, if I'm saying I wouldn't be rushing to get rid of him, though, Rob. No. If, if I could keep hold of him and have him as a backup as certain games, comes on, change games, plays anywhere you want, you can trust him a little bit. I mean, it's a great shout for him to appreciate, but I, I would appreciate him and I would keep yeah. him in my football club if, if I could, despite, you know, the Haaland. Who knows with Haaland? Haaland might be a Lukaku. Might come in and it might not happen quite so quickly. At least you've got somebody who knows that system and knows how to play it. Yeah, also on the right-hand side, Rob, where he's, where he's really played a lot um, for Manchester City. Riyad Mahrez mm. is a brilliant player, but there's some games that, that Pep doesn't really trust him, like the Liverpool game, of course, at home that we were there at. So, as another option on the right-hand side, I don't know. It's just, it's, it will come down to Gabriel Jesus, Rob. It comes down to him. Pep always says, if a player comes to me and says he's not happy at the football club, we allow him to leave. So, it will yeah. be, it'll be a Gabriel yeah. Jesus decision whether he wants to kind of, again, fight for a place, fight for minutes, and not really being a regular first-teamer, which maybe he can on the right-hand side, but he's got to get past Mares and Erlen mm. Haaland that might come into the football club. So, yeah, but, but it'll come down to the player himself. We'll see. We'll see whether the ambition is to play or continue yeah. to learn under Pep at Man City. Um, just to, before we move on from this game, Rob, Watford. Is it time to say goodbye to Watford for this season? Are we at that point right now? Mm. Yeah. I've been at that point for a while. You know, bless Roy Hodgson, who's gone in and, and will try and bring some stability. But just the, you know, I've never been a big favourite the way this club do business, mm. the way that they've done their things and the rotation. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, Roy's time's going to probably come to an end when they go down. They'll yeah. be looking at somebody else. No doubt they, they've obviously got people in line, possibly from, from Europe and overseas, which is very much the way they go about their business. Um, but no, I, I, I'm, I've, I've never been a big favourite of, of what they do. And I think in the end, it's just caught, on, caught up on, on them. Can't really defend. Um, have got attacking threats, probably as good attacking threats as, as most teams down in that bottom end of the table, but just not been able to make it pay. That's been funny, Rob, because there are reports that the, the board of directors at Watford Football Club are, are kind of going to reconsider their strategy. Um, I mean, just even this season, <laughs> Cisco Munoz, oh, Rob. Yeah, I yeah, know, too late. Yeah. Cisco M- Munoz. Mm. I remember doing, looked at, like, did a ton of research on Watford in their last season, and this manager that was a young, inexperienced manager, but the players loved him. 
The fans loved mm. him. I mean, it always helps you winning games yeah. when you get promoted. But I saw an interview with him with a couple of players, and I'm like, this, you know, this, this, this feels good. I mean, he was mm. gone. I think it was after seven games. They got yeah. seven points in seven, a point yeah, a game so, average, yeah. and they were like, we need somebody with more experience. In comes Ranieri, no better. In comes Roy Hodgson, no better. Yeah. So that's probably like yeah. they're thinking, yeah. do we really need to get that, to switch the managers so quickly, so many times? So I, I hear you, and I'm uh, with you in terms of these quick fires all the time. You know. Yeah, bored with it, Robert. And and the rumours were that Munoz came up with a good side, with a young side who, you know, he's a young manager. But the rumours were the, the owners had said, well, he, he'll get us out of the Championship, but he won't be good enough for the Premier League. So it was almost like yeah. they, they'd already signed yeah. they were going to give him seven games, then sack him before he'd even come up, Robin. Yeah. We've seen, Man- you know, Bruno Large and people come in. The first few weeks, it might be difficult. Look how well he's done with the team. And, you know, sometimes you just need a little bit of support and, and be able to grow. So, no, go, going back to the championship gives them a time to reassess, maybe think about some of the, the ways they do business. And, and hopefully, from Watford's point of view and fans' point of view, they can come back with a little bit of a different strategy. Um, just before we move on on this one, mate, we just, I just want to touch on, obviously, two huge games now in the Champions League featuring the top two teams in the Premier League. On Tuesday, Manchester City will host the great Real Madrid at the Etihad. That should be some game. going to be two good games um, there. I don't think Manchester will have it all their own way on this one, Rob. I just get a sense that Madrid can have the days, can have the moments. They've still got the Modric and, and Cruz and Samira midfield. And listen, I, I don't think this one will be as easy as some people think uh, on, on Tuesday night. I'm sure it's not going to be easy, Rob. I mean, it, 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 given where we're at, semi final, given the, the club, given some of the experienced players mm. that they've got, I'm sure it's not going to be easy. I just think it. It might, they match up a little better for Man City compared to Atletico Madrid with the with all the stuff that we saw with Simeone and the way that the team played, aggressive mm. and in the faces that that can upset Man City's football. This version of Real Madrid is a is a is a is a deadly one going forward on the counter attack. Of course, with Luka Modric and, and Karim yeah. Benzema. Yeah. But they're more of a passive team, Rob. They're more of a. They will be sitting behind the ball to try and stop City. And I don't know how good they can be at that when, you, when they give opponents like with City's quality that time and sometimes mm. space to try and make things happen going forward. I just don't... And they'll try and play the counter and they'll be, they'll be good on the counter. I think Ruben Diaz being back for Man City yeah. is very important. Yeah. Carl Walker still has an injury doubt. So I, I, this particular game, yeah. I yeah. quite strongly, I, I'm going to say, I quite strongly fancy Man City to go through and make the final. What about you in terms of that? You you think it could be tighter? Mm, uh, Who would you go I with? Fancy, but not yeah. Don't don't fancy strongly. I think this one might be tighter than people think. I don't think there's as much in it over the two legs. Obviously, City at home the first leg, which is an advantage if they can get themselves uh, goals. But I just think it's almost like Madrid have got a good big day in them, and I just worry yeah. not that they will beat City over two games, but it, it could be a little bit tighter than, than City think. The other game on Wednesday, Liverpool host Villarreal, who, um, well, we, we saw Liverpool today, talked about them having a little bit of a struggle to get past Everton in the end, getting the job done. Um, be interesting on team selection, you know, if he, if he mixes a pot up a little bit. Uh, Villarreal team that we know are, are difficult to play against. Unai's got them well set up, seventh in La Liga, um, in, in decent form. So, again, I mean, Villarreal will be... I think more difficult to play against, Rob. They'll be well organised, well set up, not going to give too much away. Um, again, I think Liverpool get through, but again, I don't think it will be by any particularly huge margins. 
No, I, t- I agree with this, Rob. I, I think this is going to be difficult. You know, it's a, it's a brave man that predicts Villarreal over two legs can get past Liverpool. So I think Liverpool will get through. Mm. But I think it could be tight because Unai Emery, Emery knows the league, knows Liverpool very well. Many players within the Villarreal side that we've talked about a few times, Rob, have Premier League yeah. experience. Yeah. They've kind of come in from different clubs, a few ex-Spurs players, Watford players and, and a few others. Um, so they'll be set up really well. Unai Emery is a smart, smart coach. And you talk about a team being ready for a game, big game. I mean, this is as big as it gets for Villarreal. Mm. I mean, it's amazing. They're here, by the way. Champions League semi-final. It's a tiny little, tiny yeah. little town in, uh, in Spain. And mm. yet, you know, La Liga is difficult for them this season with their position, but they're in this situation. So Jurgen Klopp, and that's the great thing about Klopp, he won't underestimate anybody, any team, and he shouldn't do, of course, no, at this no. stage of this competition. So, yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of <laughs> months of the year, April... You know, I, I got to love it with the Champions League quarterfinals and semifinals now. I mean, Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to be yeah. so happy, set up, watching these games. <laughs> Just fascinating stuff. Um, but I, I would think, you know, I would think it could be an all-English final, Robbie Earl. Yeah. Yeah, I think the strength of the league and, and the strength of these two clubs in particular. Powerhouses at the moment, I think the rest of Europe look, is looking and fearing. But this is the Champions League, mate. We've seen many uh-huh. surprises and... Let's take, nothing f- let's take nothing for granted. Let's move on to probably one of the most incident-packed games of the weekend. That was at the Emirates. Arsenal 3, Manchester United 1 in that race for full spot. To the point where, after the defeat, Ralph Ragnick said that Manchester United are no longer in that race for, for the top four spot, as though that defeat has put them out, out, of, um, out of a chance of, of finishing that top four. It was interesting, Rob, because this game was was steeped with, with all kinds of incidents and dramas and things going on. Um, not least again, I, I, I picked up some stuff on social media where supposedly Paul Scholes in, on English TV had said he'd, he'd recently spoke to Jesse Lingard and Lingard had said to him that the dressing room is basically a nightmare and disrupted and body body were talking behind the scenes and... Almost as though, you know, we don't quite know what, what the next thing's going to happen at Manchester United, but it, it, it's almost looking like it's in a bit of a shambles before Ten Hag gets there. Mm. Where are you with all the noise around the football club, Rob? And, and, and are we in a position where the sooner this guy gets in and starts making some calls and sorting things out, the better? Yeah, that is for sure. Um, but, but hearing Jesse Lingard kind of saying that the dressing room is mm. a disaster. I think it's a word he used, Rob, as it was reported, is it mm. is a disaster. It exactly, just it yeah. just makes it look so, even a harder job than we thought. You know, there's a ton of decisions to be made. Mm. I mean, this, we could do a whole podcast yeah. on it, you know, in terms of who's recruiting. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, what, what sort of say is Eric Ten Hag going to have? Who's he going to bring his staff? Who's going to stay at the club? Who's going to leave at the football club? I mean, what style are they going to play? Is Ronaldo going to stay? There's a ton of things that that are a big issue here. Um, I mean, I thought in this in this game, Rob, there were times they played some good football, um, but still, yeah, was, yeah, but still, we saw the good and the bad. I thought we saw the good and bad, the, the things to encourage you and things to to absolutely worry you. I mean, the, the first goal, Rob, that the, the ball goes across, the two players miss sure. the ball. Yeah, miss. <laughs> um, is is kind of really really poor stuff. I mean, I don't know the Bruno the Bruno Fernandez penalty miss I mean it, it's incredible what the, a yeah, situation yeah. will do to a player that's, that's normally mm. really really good on those Correct. now you know we did kind of look into 
or trying to listen out or read out for why Ronaldo didn't take it. And what we heard back was that the manager, I think Ralph Ragnick had said that Ronaldo yeah. had said to him, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm not sure the exact words, but it was something like, you know, I just didn't feel, yeah. didn't feel ready to take this penalty. So and that's, I mean, and if, if, if the great man says that, you respect it. He's had a cool. very, very the week difficult... week that he's had, yeah. The yeah. week he's had, yeah. Um, yeah. And Bruno hit the, hit the post. That would have made it 2-2, Rob. That would have been a game-changer. It didn't mm. happen. And, uh, of course, Arsenal then 2-1, and they put the game to bed with a Granit Xhaka strike from 22 yards. Um, a really good strike from him. It hits it really nicely into the yeah. corner. Um, I, think it, I think there was an offside in there. Eddie Nketiah is in an offside position as he strikes the ball. He looks yeah, like he's directly yeah. in the line of David De Gea. We've got great camera angles, Rob, yeah. to see De Gea literally reaching around to look mm. around. Both him, to be fair, mm. Lindelof was there as well, but Eddie Nketiah was in the line. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, wasn't, it didn't make a huge difference. I'm sure it was still 2-1 for Arsenal. It wasn't a big difference, but I was just a little surprised, yeah. and most people were a little surprised that that wasn't given offside. Did you see that, Rob? Did you see... And actually, by the way, before I get your answer... Yeah. Sorry, Rob. Sorry, I, Rob. I, 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 let me just, I just, we did contact mm. the PGMOL, the professional um, referees kind of organization in, in the, managing the Premier League referees. Yeah. And their, their response to our email was, well, two things they said. The distance of Enketia to Deva De Gea was such that they felt it was less distracting, which is, I, I find that difficult to believe. If you're in the line of somebody, you're in the line. It's a flat, mm. this isn't mm. a hill. I mean, it, it's flat situation, so that yeah. was kind of a strange one for me. And they also said that Victor Lindelof was a defender in the line of the goalkeeper's sight as well, so that kind of negates Enketia being in that line. I, I, listen, it's not, it's not the first time that we've kind of disagreed, even with a PGMOL's, you know, kind of opinion of a situation. Yeah. What did you think, Rob, when you saw it? Um, my first thought was offside, and, and, and the pictures you have when you've seen... De Gea virtually have to almost step to the side and strain his neck to look. It's obviously then, to me, that he's obstructing the, in, uh, the view of the goalkeeper. Now, the the defender thing, I've never really heard that one before. Sometimes no. the PGMOL find ways of, of adding up. something mm -hmm. to, to the storyline that we've never heard before. Yeah, it basically feels like a cover-up to a, a decision that either they've not made or they've not seen, and then somehow they try and find their way out. So, yeah, I thought that was slightly uh, fortuitous for, you know, for Liverpool, sorry, Arsenal. I also thought, Rob, that there was a couple of penalty shouts that okay. on a different day might have gone. I thought the Jadon Sancho running in the box, I thought he gave Cedric a bit of a time at right back. Cedric's hand catches the ball. The, the more I saw it, the more I'm thinking, could easily have been given as a penalty kick. I think there was a Tavares challenge um, on the Langer in the box. Uh, Tavares is, is a mixture of talent, rashness, yeah. you know, sometimes looks off decent player, other times looks like an absolute liability. Um, thought there was a possible um, penalty there. So it was a day when a lot of things didn't go for United. Hit the crossbar, hit the post, you know, yeah. obviously missed the penalty. Uh, Ronaldo gets them the goal. There, was, there, was, there were bits and times when the game didn't look bad and maybe if I'm ten hard looking, I'm thinking, hmm, that's something to work on. There were things that worry you, Rob, some of the defending, um, some of the spirit amongst the group. And it, the, the, the thing that stood out to me after, and Ralph Ragnick, who is just on a, 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 a kind of defensive at the moment, trying to just keep everything together, it looks like, 
he was asked Rob about the dressing room and you know after the Paul Scholes things and McTominay's apparently come out and said something as well about about maybe we're not all together or something and Ragnick came out and said something that I thought was quite telling and he said it's a dressing room where you know nobody's great friends but they get on with each other they kind of put on put up with it and I thought that was quite a strong indication of yeah. where you've got to start that's right where the, 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 that's at the heart of where you've got to start this football club mate if you're not really bothered about the people you're working and playing yeah. with and the club you're yeah. playing at cool something something needs addressing yeah that, that's that's not good and that's not okay and, and we both know mate after being in, in it for 20 years that mm. a lot of the stuff you do pre-season during the season is team bonding mm. you know dinners out together trips out yeah. you know just to try and yeah. make players care for each other a little bit and maybe go an extra mile in a game mm. to help their mates so that's something that's got to be addressed absolutely right but I want to do an, yeah. I do want to finish on Arsenal Rob <clears throat> and what the result means for them mm. but before we jump away Jump away yeah, from right, Manchester yeah. United. Um, it looks like now that they're, they're not making the top the top four for the Champions League qualification. No. How does that affect Manchester United, Rob, going forward? Not being in that the biggest competition. Um, you don't get the best players. Um, the suggestion of Europa League football is a bit of a nightmare for them because it's Thursday nights and Sunday games and we know what that can do in the travel and when you're trying to do your work and, and, and do stuff on the training ground, you're often travelling on a Tuesday for a Thursday game and getting back on a Friday. And so it, 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 it represents what could be a, a nightmare for those 12 months for, for Ten Hag in what he's trying to do, Rob. It was, it was brought to my attention a couple of days ago. This time last year, Manchester United were heading towards the Europa League final. Yeah. And we were all saying, after you know, a second-place finish with the, with the people mm. that they've been bought in, this should be... This should be listen, I thought at this time of the season, United might just be falling off from a title challenge. Like, they've been around it, and now they're just starting to fall out. They just didn't have the quality, just didn't have maybe the depth of the other people. Absolutely nowhere near, Rob. Absolutely, twelve months of going backwards. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked. And right back at the start of the season, Rob, I can remember thinking, this, this top four's locked up. It's locked up. The top four is locked up. Given what yeah. United have done in the market, Ronaldo and Varane and Jadon Sancho, yeah. and we, we know how good City and Liverpool are. We know that Chelsea, the European champions, it was locked up with the Spurs kind of issues and Arsenal trying to recreate themselves. And yet here we are. And Man United are going to be the bottom of the six. And they might be looking at Europa Conference yeah. football. Who knows how far it's going to go down? Probably going to be Europa for them. But absolutely right. I mean, it's just, mm. it is, the game is remarkable. And things get out of hand very quickly. And the delicate nature of, of a Premier League team is so apparent this season from the top with like a Man United and the bottom as in Everton in terms of that balance and that knife edge that you're always on really and it's a, it's a small gap between losing and winning games of football and, and United have, yeah. are really struggling on that. I just do want to finish on Arsenal, Rob, because it was a that's, big game for yeah, them. It's a big Arsenal, game for yeah. them and a big victory for them yeah. and, and well done. Like the, mm. the club, this club's pulling together. Yeah. I'm sure that dressing room is full of people that want to mm. be together and help each other. Young squad, young inexperienced yeah. manager that's finding his feet like some of these young players are, a crowd at the Emirates, Rob, that's quickly got to really feel something for this team and the manager. It wasn't perfect yeah. from them, but yeah. I tell you, that's a, that's a good victory against Manchester United. 
Yeah, you're right. You know, all the noise is about United, but yeah. the result and the, and, and the, the, the points is, is about Arsenal. And the biggest thing I think you, you've said there is that, you know, United need to recreate who they are and what they are and how they go about their business. Arsenal are on that journey, Rob. Mikel Arteta yeah. is on that journey and, he, and yeah. he's starting to pull it together and yeah. it's not perfect and these, these, these you know, things that need addressing at the club, these positions that need strengthening and depth that needs building, but he's building something, you can see it. And, and well played to him and the club and the stick by him and there was time that you know, people were not having him and then the Aubameyang thing, the big things, Rob, that, you know, OK, yeah. Aubameyang's going at Barcelona, well done. He wasn't doing it for you, he was a bit of a problem for you, you well and dealt with it. And he's come through. Eddie and Katia, you know, came into the team, and people were like, mm, "Is he really going to be good enough?" He's got a couple of goals the other week. He's played well again uh, at the weekend, and all of a sudden, you know, Mikel Arteta is building something. And I just hope he's given time. It's a big summer, I think we've talked about for them this year. But there is something being built, and there's an identity and a recreation of mm. who Arsenal are that puts them ahead of Manchester United and, and the kind of work where Ten Hag's got to hit the ground running and play catch-up because otherwise, Rob, you know, how long is it going to take? Four, three years, four years, five years, you know, where can they finish? Four, five, six. I'm telling you what, we could be talking a lot longer. You we know what? Absolutely <coughs> talking a lot longer unless this thing gets sorted. Well, and, and to be fair, right, I know they're different situations, but Arsenal have kind of done what Man United might be about to do. And Unai yeah. Emery, we talked about him earlier on, Correct. Unai Emery was trying to coach the, the last, the previous version of Arsenal with the, the experienced players and, and, mm. and there was so much work to be done after Unai Emery. Yeah. Kalasi Nacho and David Luiz end up going and there's so many players that they figured out. It's a similar situation at Manchester United. It just shows you that, you know, with a good doctor of football, Edu, again, fairly inexperienced and getting the right coach, the two working together to make those big decisions I do. I just. I just like young squads and, and teams being built around youth. And if there's one club that knows how that works, is Manchester United. So they 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 yeah. could and yeah, should, yeah. particularly with an Ajax former Ajax manager now, that probably should be the way that they go. Arsenal are kind of doing it. They won't have the financial resources of Manchester United, mm. but it's it's a it's a it's a living and breathing example of of restructuring, yeah. changing, yeah. rebuilding. And by the way, pretty short period of time. Pretty short period of time that they look mm. in a good spot to finish in the top four. Yeah, well done, Mikel Arteta. Yes. That North London derby is looking like it's going to be a very, very special game. We'll get up to talk about Spurs in a minute. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We're just going to go to West London first. London Derby, Chelsea versus West Ham. Two teams who, I think you could say, don't particularly like each other. Uh, always a little bit of edge. This one was, I thought, was quite timid the way it, it played out in the first half in the sunshine in West London. Um, Chelsea having possession, but not really turning into too many goal-scoring opportunities. Uh, West Ham, lots of changes. I think an eye on the Europa League semi-final against Frankfurt on Thursday, so five, six changes for, for David Moyes and his team. Um, it needed a certain Christian Pulisic, my friend, to come off the bench and, and, and um, get them the three points on a day when it almost looked like it was going to be another frustrating. I was watching Thomas Tuchel during this game, Robin. 
I just get the sense he's, he's like a bit of an inner frustration with him at the moment. That, that you know, one or two things aren't happening on the team. He, he talked about the pitch the other day and the players and and you know missing chances, um, not not controlling games as well as he liked. They missed a penalty to Jorginho. Looks like that maybe was going to cost them the two points. And then Pulisic comes on and scores. But just a, kind of a bit of a difficult time for Chelsea with all that's going on with the football club and the ownership and that. And the manager just trying to keep his focus on on what's happening on the pitch. Um, just, just you know, I think it was an important three points and in, in, in a kind of morale-boosting win for, for Chelsea today. Yeah, it was a really important win, Robin, and they were. And they mm. probably will continue to look over their shoulder at the teams that are coming up to try and threaten that top four place. I think they're going to be absolutely fine now, given this result. But I know, mm. a couple of things, Rob, I, I took away from it. I mean, the first half, you can almost, with Chelsea a little bit, particularly at home, you can almost predict what's going to happen, really, because it's so such a similar pattern, a similar story of possession Mm. I mean the Arsenal one Wednesday was kind of different that was kind of I think Tuchel himself himself described it as a wild game kind of end to end with lack of control but this was back to Chelsea as they normally play controlling slow football attacking third struggles not getting behind defenders and it was the same thing the same thing and before I move on Rob Mm. I'll throw it back to you on this shouldn't Thomas Tuchel by now have a strategy, a, a way of, of, of improving that, of, of attacking better, of creating more chances earlier in games, of, of, getting, of, atta- mm. of getting behind defence, however that's going to be. We still see, I mean, st- we still, he still doesn't know his best attacking lineup, Rob. I'm, you know, I, I'm a little disappointed that that, that final but third so, play is yeah. not more, more incisive at, at this point. I hear you, but I, I think where maybe we come from a slightly different place. I think, for me, there's a disappointment in the performances of some of them players. I don't think we thought Timo Werner, at this stage of his Chelsea career, we still don't know, can, is he really a finisher? Does he just run up and down and run offside? Um, Kai Havertz has shown moments and come up with some really big big goals, not, not least the uh, Champions League. But, you know, on a regular basis... Can he be a centre-forward and create... Romelu Lukaku's been a disaster for them in many respects, uh, uh, coming in early and then and then not being able to lead the line in the way they wanted. So there's been so much inconsistency and uncertainty about that, that front line. Who, like you say, who are the best three? I've been disappointed in some of the players who I don't think have performed well enough, in yeah, all honesty. Listen, yeah, but Rob, I, 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 listen, I, I can't disagree with that, right? There's a, bit, there's a disappointing element to them. But back to my point, isn't yeah. that isn't is three international players not giving what they can do in this team now after many many months? Yeah, doesn't it come down like there's too many? Like there's one player that's out of form, another two are doing it, but the three of them to still be finding their niche, their yeah. their 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 sweet spot, isn't that? Can it? Is there more responsibility than the coach, Rob, when there's three of them? He's got tons of attacking players, and even Pulisic comes on and scores. Yeah. He's not really figured um, out to get the best out of these guys. It's his job. Yeah, I hear you, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly more down the route of I think he has got it figured. I just think that, that these players haven't been able to deliver it for him. I mean, the Lukaku thing is huge because he was the guy who you pin your hopes on to, to be the central pivot of it all that hasn't worked so you've got to then take one of the others into that role which looks more like Habits than Werner uh, Mount's been a 
relevant success from a deeper role, starting to influence games and get and get goals. But you're right, no one looks like there's a 20 goal striker in there, or somebody who's going to close the gap to the top two. Somebody who you rely on, you know, your Salah or your Harry Kane or your somebody of, of that ilk. Yeah. And that's where Chelsea have to be, need to be. So. Listen, maybe it's, it's a combination too. Maybe it lies somewhere between the two. I just feel as a little bit like if I'm Thomas Tuchel right now and going home, I've got all the stuff going on about the old owner, the new ownership, how it's going to be. I'm losing Antonio Rudiger, who I don't want to lose, possibly could have situation. I've got a centre forward for 135 million who ain't doing what he should be doing. I've got one or two issues with one or two um, think players I can't do anything with because my hands are tied. I just feel like he's in... It, it feels to me like he's in a bit of an awkward position at the moment at the football club. Rob, before I get your... We'll get some quick thoughts on Thursday's game, Man United hosting Chelsea at Old Trafford. I want to finish yeah. with this conversation yeah, yeah, with yeah. Christian Pulisic. Um, comes on, mm. scores his goal. <sighs> mm-hmm. does, he, does he get a bit of an unfair take from his manager is he constantly trying to find his way into this side is he the first player that gets chucked out the side when results aren't great does he give a little bit of quality something a little different that the other players don't give I don't know and and Mm -hmm. I've said before that Pulisic's kind of biggest kind of struggle not struggle but found it, it is to be consistently effective in this team to stay in it. And that's hard to do. But others haven't done it. Yeah. I don't know. Has yeah. he been treated a little bit unfairly by this club and this manager, uh, given the abilities that he's got, Rob? I think very early on, this manager decided that Christian Pulisic was going to be a super sub. He's going to be a 20-minute guy who comes off the pitch. He can't stick with that. And if we're winning, he'll run the ball and things in a... In a um, he probably can't because at some point if he wants to be a lead guy at World Cups and lead his nation and be regular Premier League player, then you want to play him. You don't want to be oh on the bench. Or you don't just want to be that guy, Rob. And, and you're right in that. We've all played in teams where there's one player, if things don't go well, he gets dropped. And, and he knows he's going to get dropped. And Pulisic is that player. Um, Probably hasn't had a long enough run of playing consistently well to the point where he's got to play um, through injuries and and sometimes a bit of fluctuating form. Um, I think at some point there's going to be a big decision for Christian Pulisic to make. Does he need to go out on loan or leave this football club to go and play regularly somewhere else in the Premier League? I think think that's where we could be getting to. Yeah, and I, I think I think he's a little unlucky situation he's at. Mason Mount playing great. Hakim Ziyech was mm-hmm. another big signing coming in. Yeah. Havertz, Werner. There's a ton of competition for his spot and where he wants to play. I Even Loftus Cheek now, Rob's right. playing on a regular basis. Yeah. Sorry, just to put in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think there's other teams in the top part of this Premier League that could really use Christian Pulisic. Now, whether they'd get him, whether he's interested in going, mm-hmm. I don't know. But you know, I'm looking at Arsenal. Name me some. Name me. Name me some. Uh, Arsenal. I mean, they've got a similar. They've got a few similar, I suppose, in that regard. Yeah. Tottenham. Wideys, yeah. Tottenham, possibly. Hmm. Hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. West Ham. West Ham. Yeah. West Ham. West Ham. Newcastle. Leicester, Newcastle Leicester United. City. Why not Newcastle United? Newcastle United. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, it's just a thought. You cut. You know. It's. It's been frustrating for him. I'm sure not to be. If you to be were, if you were Christian Pulisic, just just give you just give me a shout on this one then, Musty, because you, you you're going down the police. You're Christian Pulisic. 
You get a choice. We're not going to say so. You, it's not Liverpool. It's not Man City. It's not Chelsea. You get a choice after that. Where would you go? Arsenal. Man United. Mm. Yeah. Well, like I, 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 I like it. United would be Man obviously United a with bigger. a new manager. With a new manager, possibly. Yeah, or, with a new manager. Or, or about who Arsenal. Might like you. Or Arsenal with. Yeah, a, like, a, like, a, a yeah, project that's, that's, that's well in. He's got other young players there. But listen, we're talking fantasy stuff. You know, who knows? So, so where does he play? Where does he play? Where does he play for Arsenal in that four-two-three-one? Well, he could play as a number ten. He could play at the outside players. Well, you got the Smith Rowe. You got Bakayoko Saka. Um, mm, you know, he yeah. could compete. He could compete with Emil Smith Rowe on the left-hand side. Rob coming inside. I mean, Martinelli plays out there as well. I think he'd enjoy being part of that it's a footballing style uh, manager loves young players who knows who knows but I, it, it, you mm. know I, he yeah. might he Good might job. he might suck up another six months maybe one more season Robert trying to provide his uh, to, to force his way in but if I was him and mm. those options are available the ones we just talked about I, I yeah. would be I would be yeah, jumping because yeah. I'm not sure the manager trusts him and it's difficult when you know yeah. He sees them more of a of a of a of a impact sub off the bench. Anyway, quick, to a, come on. Yeah, a quick thought let's, on. Um, let's go to Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Um, Thursday. Chelsea's football will be too much for Manchester United. And they'll win the game. Is there not one la last I mean, hurrah from United? One one last reaction, like one of the last few games at Old Trafford, and I don't know. I I can see. I can see. The, 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 Not much happening, the, mate. The, 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 the fire blanket's on the fire, my friend. It's yeah. smouldering yeah. at Old Trafford. I, yeah. I just, you know, Ronaldo will come and, and do his thing and he'll, you know, he score like he will at Arsenal. It looks to me like the club's splitting. It's broken, Rob. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be hard for anybody to, to resurrect that now between now and the end of the season. It's almost like it, it's become inevitable. Mm. All right. What, what's happening in the football clubs? So don't see it. Okay. So, top four race continues our discussion. Mm. And Tottenham Hotspur, Robbie. Oh, my goodness. They go to Brentford, who have been a brilliant <laughs> story in the league, Brentford. Um, no yeah. no yeah. goals in the game. Uh, a special day for Christian Eriksen, yeah. of course, former Spurs player. The first time he Absolutely. played against Great Spurs. Day against his former manager yeah. uh, Inter Milan where they won in championship together is with uh, Antonio Conte for one and a half seasons there so you know plenty yeah. plenty of good stuff for Christian Eriksen and a game yeah. that Spurs kind of had to go and win in good fettle in terms of their, their fitness levels like they've got a foundation now yeah. that we've seen and yet they did nothing and again they wasted the first 45 minutes just Hanging out and just soaking up the possession of Brentford. Of Brentford. Now, second half, there was more effort from them, more energy from, from Spurs, trying to make things happen, but really not enough quality. And I, I, I ask you, my friend, what... Sorry, he's got a little bit of a mic issue there, my friend Robbie. Oh, he's going to figure that out. I hope you can still hear me, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean... It, we all, we've lauded Antonio Conte and what he's done in the past and what he brings to this football club. I ask you, Rob, 
Isn't there more? Isn't there a little bit of criticism now that could come the way of Antonio Conte, given recent games where they've played against teams that they should dominate in terms of possession and go and win, beat them, go and have a game, have an have a end-to-end game, a toe-to-toe game. This game was one of them. Yeah. And yet it was so passive and defensive and almost, almost giving too much respect to Brentford, no? Yeah. But, but, but isn't, this, isn't this old Spurs? Isn't this what we've been sort of saying about Spurs for, for a number of years? And we thought... But this is different. This is, no, I think it's a little different. It's getting to it. It's different, Rob, in terms of... As, as it did have as a in, foundation. It's got a foundation now and it's got a bit of mentality about it. <laughs> it's kind of the other mm. way around. Like, they're, they're more but, but, worried about defensively than, than going forward, where there's games against Brighton and Brentford. Go and win it. Go and, go and take the game to these guys and, and win. Yeah, but we saw, we saw them, you know, live at, at, at Villa Park, Rob, where they were outstanding at doing that, at getting the balance second half. right. Thing. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the, the second half, the benchmark. But even first off, they still were threatening in that way. It's almost like they've, they've lost sight of that, or there's more of a... We'll say reluctance to, 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 to gamble, but just, I don't know, the spark doesn't quite seem there that, that, that was right. And, and it's that, the Conte teams have a bit of both. They defend well with a bit of security and confident, but they tap with a threat and hurt you on the other way. And it's like the, the balance has gone wrong in this football club, and I don't know why. You, when you've got the, a front three like they have, a few weeks we're talking about one of the informed top front threes in the league scoring goals for fun, creating goals for each other and all that stuff. And it just seems like it's gone away. And I also thought, well, once or twice, set pieces and things, some of their defending was, wasn't good. They, they could have got beaten by Brentford from just organisationally, people on the far stick being left, people having the headers um, at goal, free headers at, at goal. Some of the basics that were there at, at Villa and the things we said about Conte and why we said, you know, personally, I said, I, they're my favourites to finish fourth. Mm. Still scratching your head again with us, yeah. with Tottenham and going, mm. not so sure anymore. I know. I, I, one area I think Rob was, was, is poor for them right now. And by the way, one side of this is a, is a decision by the manager. Wingbacks. Emerson mm. Royale is, is yeah. not Royale. at the required level to provide the quality going forward. We see it with he other hasn't teams. got anybody else, though, in fairness now, on has the, he? On the right no, side, he hasn't. He's, he's but, struggling, isn't he? But the left side, Ryan yeah. Sessegnon. Sessegnon. I'm sure he's not a young player anymore, but he's a player that the manager trusts. And Sergio Regalon, the more of an attacking left, left yeah. back or wing back, was left on the bench. So, I don't know. There's, you've got a front three with a couple of steady eddies in the middle of the park, two sixes, if you like, in Hoiberg and Bentecourt, but wing backs that haven't shown enough quality to, to provide service to those front three players. So, God, I mean, it swings every week. Who's, fa- uh, who's favourite now, my friend? Who's well, favourite well, now? Well, who haven't we said? I mean, did, we're did. on a rotation here. We're on a rotation here. <laughs> we're out, Man United are out now. Newcastle. Let's chuck, let's chuck Newcastle in. Let's chuck Newcastle in. They're on a good run. Uh, I mean, it, I went from Arsenal. I went from... In fact, I went from Man United... <laughs> favourites to Arsenal mm. they're in a good spot well oh, actually you know what I trust Spurs now to be rel- to go back to Arsenal so I think the Jeez. bookmaker the bookmakers would have <laughs> Arsenal favourites now same games played um, where are we yeah 60 points North London Derby my friend yeah, isn't it May the 12th North yeah. London Derby could could be the one and Arsenal might yeah, go into that game Rob with just a point they, they, they could go into that game thinking if we yeah. just get a point here then we're going to be in good shape mm. yeah 
Well, another uh, that race. Hopefully, and from our point of view, mate, if that continues down to the last day of the season, we'll be we'll be pretty pleased with that. Uh, let's just round up another few results uh, of the weekend. Norwich nil, Newcastle three. I mean, Newcastle since the turn of the year, it's been incredible. The turnaround for uh, Eddie Howe and this team, mm. and our friend Joe Ellington with, with a brace, a couple of first goals, a beautiful strike. Um, I mean, hats off to, to, to Edward Howe, my friend. Who I know you said it's only a short space of time, but in that short space of time, he should be in the running for mind year what he's done in this football club. Yeah, Absolutely, I mean, um, yeah, it's stunning. Stuff. It's stunning. Yeah, I, I remember like they were they were at one point like a lot of people's bets to get relegated. They have gone on yeah, several yeah. winning runs, which they've done right now. I mean, was it November he came in, Rob? I think it was it November. I think it was November. November. They yeah. were second bottom, five points away from safety. Yeah. So, manager of the year, absolutely in that equation. Now, whether some might say that yeah. you need to be there for the whole season, whatever. He's in, he's in, he's in, the, um, yeah. he's in the final three, yeah. I think, he's given what he's done there. Yeah. It's incredible what he's done. Bruno uh, Guimaraes looks a good player, scored another goal, clever little chip. Um, mm. Great for them. Other games, yeah. Rob, Leicester City nil, Aston Villa nil. By the way, Aston Villa, 15th place in the Premier League, 37 points. Yeah, that's not. It'll struggle up. That's not mm. what would be expected no, given lots of things: the manager and Coutinho just, and, yeah. and money spent and just gone a bit quietly flat. wrong, hasn't it? Under mm. the radar, wrong for, for yeah. Stevie a little bit. Yeah, bit of work to do in the summer. I think yeah. one or two decisions on a few players. Good news for last year: seeing Jamie Vardy back um, in, in the team, Rob, um, back in late in the game. Uh, some first team action for him, so um, good to get him back for last year. So they look towards the end of the season. Uh, Brighton 2, Southampton 2, Brighton 2 0 up. Danny Wilbert with an early one and then a Celestial own goal. Then our friend James Ward Prowse, my friend, no keeping a good man down. Another free kick and a lovely strike from the edge of the box gives Southampton a share of the points. Yeah, lovely strike. And I think, is that 14 free kicks now? And I think it might be four behind David Beckham. Yeah, I think he's taken over uh, Beck. All time. Yeah, yeah, it's four more. I think he's got four more to mm. catch David Beckham. I mean. <laughs> It's, oh. in, it's in the goalkeeper's side. It was a low one. I mean, it's just, a, if you're a, it's a nightmare if you're a goalkeeper because you're not sure which corner he's going yeah. in, yeah. high or low. He can go either way. Yeah, can he? and he's got pace on him as well. So mm. what a brilliant season he's had, by the way, James Ward-Prowse. I think he's probably our underappreciated player yeah. of the season given the amount of time you could give Possibly, him the award. Well, maybe, yeah. That might be a category, my friend. We might look at everybody who's been named underappreciated and see who aren't underappreciated. Who's, who's still underappreciated right now. Like, yeah. like that idea. He, yeah. He will be, and I think he'll be part of that England squad, mate. I think he's one of them that Gareth will take and trust if he needs him in a game. Listen, mate, let me wrap things up and we get down to the nitty-gritty in the Premier League. City and Liverpool keep on winning at the top. The Reds got through a Merseyside derby that was scruffy but got them the three points. Manchester United no longer in the race for four spot, according to their caretaker manager, Ralph Ragnick, while Burnley win to dump Everton in the bottom three. We'll be back on Thursday, that's April the 28th, when we'll review the big game from Old Trafford as Chelsea visit Manchester United, and then look back at those Champions League semi-finals, Manchester City hosting Real Madrid, and Liverpool welcome Villarreal at Anfield. But for now, I'm Earl, he's Musty, together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. Good night.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 